Hi, I'm Lisa. Welcome to Quarantales. This podcast developed out of a group of people that came together to support each other online through the COVID-19 quarantine in 2020. Everybody has a story, and I feel it's necessary at this point in time to capture what people have to say. So on this podcast, you'll enjoy listening to quote-unquote everyday people sharing their stories about what's happening today in their daily lives. I hope you enjoy. I think you'll relate, and I really appreciate you joining. I also want to give a special shout-out to the uber-talented Paul Luke Bonenfant for composing our awesome intro. Thank you, Luke. And here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you joining again. Um, I have a really fun guest today that I'm very excited to share with you and to chat with today. I have Joanna DeGeneres with me. Hi, Joanna. Hi. So nice to have you. Thank you for joining. Um, I've been... Yeah, absolutely. I've been such a fan of your photography. uh, I connected with you and found you on Instagram, I think just almost immediately after I put my, my photography out there. And so I've been following you that long. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I just think you do an amazing job, but before I jump too far down the road, why don't you, if you don't mind, share a little bit about yourself and then we can chat. Sure. Um, I'm Joanna DeGeneres. I moved to LA I've been in Los Angeles since 2002. I moved here to be an actor, quickly picked up a camera and uh, started shooting headshots. I worked in casting and headshots felt very natural for me because I'd had headshots taken so much and I was looking at headshots in a casting office and I realized I wanted to create what I was, I wanted to, I knew what I wanted them to look like. So I would flip through headshots for casting and I would see people's photos. I was like, yeah, I like, that I knew why I liked it I knew why it worked and then um, I was an art major in my undergrad so acting my art my sort of color balance everything just kind of was a big light bulb moment for me and I almost started taking headshots just so I wouldn't have to wait tables or have another job while I pursued pursued acting but it was the first thing I had sort of tried to do that was I was more successful at than anything else I was doing. So I basically kind of made a big decision a few years into starting shooting that I would just focus on that. And that's what I did. And my business grew. And so I'm really lucky because it's, it's really competitive. As a hedgehog photographer here, there's a lot of us because now with digital, every actor mm-hmm. has a camera and they're taking right. photos on every freeway. And, you know, so I had to sort of figure out how to do it in a way that set me apart. And that's what I do now. Like I'm busy and I'm really lucky and then everything shut down. So. Right. Um, And that's actually um, why I wanted to chat with you. So we, as I kind of mentioned already, I do headshot photography as well. I'm in Michigan though. So, um, so don't worry. I'm not taking your clients. I'm just kidding. I would, (laughs) but, um, and I, I fell into it. Um, and I tend, I, ho- I focus on headshots too, because of, um, just having a passion for helping people get their start and get the foot in the door. So that's what I've been trying to really, um, spend my time on. And, um, it, and coincidentally, I, I signed a lease on a, a studio on March 16th. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's big. That's, I know it's a big, scary, exciting thing to do. It is. It's very exciting and I'm happy to do it. Um, everything had already just two days prior to that and had shut down here. And I think you probably found the same. I think, I think California started shutting down even a little bit before we did. Yeah, we did pretty early, like March, like 12th or yeah. something like that. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I guess well aware of, um, the feeling of having your studio, um, you know, not open for business. So, um, curious and you, this is something that you typically did full time, right? Headshot photography. Yeah. Very busy. Three people, three or sometimes four people a day, five days a week. Um, and I'm booked out like a couple months. So yeah, like just like really a lot of 
it was a full-time job. Yeah, that is a lot of work to take on. And, you know, no doubt because your work is, you know, quality work. And as you said, I know there's a lot of people out there that have cameras. Um, so I'm not surprised that you're that busy. So what, how, how did you react, I guess, in the beginning with your business um, when you found that you weren't going to be able to bring people into a studio anymore? I mean, well, in the beginning, so my studio is a little unique as well. So I feel like even now, and I just started to ease back in, kind of see if we can keep it safe and do it, you know, out here. Cause I can't mm -hmm. be not working for this many months. It's just, you know, it's impossible. So I was like, we there should be a way to do this. Um, we have a I have a big kind of industrial space, so it's one of those big roll-up door kind of spaces. Mm -hmm. And I put a screen in my roll-up door, and that's and I use it mostly natural light. Sometimes I add a light, but that's generally how I shoot. So I have super high ceilings. It's open. It feels airy. It doesn't feel stuffy or like recirculated air, which I think nice. people out for this stuff, but. When it all shut down, I mean, I, I think I was like, I'm going to be okay. The, I worried about sort of my makeup artist and her livelihood and her, you know, she relies on us and works with me like four days a week. And then my assistant who I had to kind of keep, she had to keep working with me because we had people emailing. We had to move everybody that was scheduled and kind of put them in the air and then tell them we you know, reach out and figure this out. So I'm lucky because they took sort of my assistant took care of that, the really frustrating hard part, I think, okay. of doing all that. Because I, I think if I'd had to have reached out to everyone, I would have gone out of my mind. So, but it did mean that I was paying people. I paid my rent the whole time. I didn't get any kind of, I didn't get any government money at all. Like I, I still haven't, I, I tried to get the pandemic thing and I still haven't received it. So I'm, mm. I'm like, got that. That's great. But, you know, I've just kind of been going on keeping it alive myself, which sucks, you know, but yeah, I, I think when it shut down, I thought I, I've had all these emotions. Like I'm sure you did. Everybody did. Like I was, I'm have a successful business and, everything stopped but part of me was like well everyone understands because it's not like me telling people oh I'm leaving for three months or something mm -hmm. you know everyone, we all know what's going on so everyone was super kind and understanding and good about like yeah we're all on hold the the kind of crazy thing or the I know that for you when you're shooting well in LA when you're shooting actors it's mm -hmm. actors and actors work their day jobs, their other jobs are usually restaurant jobs. They're, um, right. Right. They work in offices as like, uh, sometimes they do stuff like that. So those all shut down too. So they're scheduled to spend money with me, but all of their money also, and what they're doing it. And they're all gig workers, which they had, which is why they came up with the pandemic, um, money thing here, because there's so many gig workers, like, you know, basically I'm a gig worker because I get paid individually right. from people. So it was different. Right. It's like, well, we can't get, unemploy we'll get unemployment because we don't have unemployment insurance and all that stuff. So um, they lost their money and so have to, you know, uh, that affected me because they're my, that's my customer. Absolutely. Okay. So it's like a domino effect, really. Absolutely. A domino effect. I mean, you know, I gained five pounds. That's what I've gained, I think. Congratulations. <laughs> that's not, I mean, compared to me, that's that's a win. But I definitely went through like that, like uh, thing where at first I'm like, oh, I always wanted a few weeks where I could just simmer down, like just kind of really relax and not be so stressed and not be so busy and just have time to just kind of like a, like almost a vacation. Uh -huh. But I wasn't able to, I don't know if anyone else was, but I just was never able to 
to do that in my, I was never able to have it feel like that. I, it never felt like just enjoy a you if you're okay, you're going to be okay. My husband kept reminding me that um, we were okay. And at least we didn't have to sit in our car and wait for someone to put food in our trunk. Like that for mm. us was the idea of that was, is just, I mean, I can't like that would have, that's horrible. I feel for those people so much. Um, so we are very fortunate that we didn't have to do that. Like we're okay. You know, um, yeah. he's still, he has a development deal. So he was still work getting paid and he's still working and, um, we were okay, but, uh, I, um, wasn't able to just go, you know what, you've always wanted like a couple weeks. Like I always used to say, I just love a couple weeks of like nothing to do. Right. And I realized I absolutely don't ever want that. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you think it's different in a way though, because, um, not wanting to put words in your mouth, but in this case there, we don't know what the end is or what, and, or if there is a, you know, a true end, meaning there's probably going to be changes that are lasting out right. of this. We don't know what that is. And we don't really know when that's going to be when we get to our new normal. So I don't know about you, but for me, it's difficult to, it's difficult to relax because I feel like I'm, I'm constantly in a state of planning, even though I don't know what to plan. Yeah, that's true. And also I, I think I, um, I think I felt like, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's my brain. I'm also, I'm super ADD, which for, um, be, having nothing to do is terrible. Like I can't like just having, just focusing, uh, forcing my focus on stuff was like really hard. I mean, I definitely struggled with all of this and I, I think, oh, that's what I was thinking. Um, I, I think when I started to think about starting to work with the, these changes, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, it's not gonna, it, nothing's going to be different. Like, I don't see anything being better in two months, except maybe the spread slows down. So, mm -hmm. you know, because of whatever reason, it kind of dissipates more. So there's less people have it. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess that, but I, I don't see the risk being any different. So it's either we go back to work slowly with the uh, understanding of what we now know, how it spread, how to, what we shouldn't do, you know, how to right. keep clean, all of that. We have all that information now. So we go back to work with that knowledge and kind of knowing that we are uh, um, staying healthy, helping other people stay healthy, doing all that stuff. But mm -hmm. it's not going to change. So in five months, six months, there's not going to be a cure. There's not going to be a vaccine yet. So right. it's not going to be different. So either we keep, either we kind of rev up and try with these new um, cleaner life arrangements, or we completely shut down, which is not an option. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you made me, so you just talking about your studio being open and the open air, which I'm sure makes it much better. I'm curious your thoughts about now, clearly with headshots, the, the subject cannot wear a mask. Like that's not even, that's just not even an option whatsoever. Um, and I know that with photography, you don't have to necessarily be very close to the subject, depending on your lens and your setup. Um, do you, do you think that masks are an ongoing thing for the, for photographers or do you think that we'll find a place where that type of thing isn't needed? I don't What's know. What's your opinion? Well, right now, cause I'm easing back in. So I, I did mm -hmm. last week I did do a couple sessions and I was exhausted because I use my face a lot to yeah. kind of help people. Like I, I give a lot with my face when I, when someone's looking into the camera and I'm, I'm connecting with them. Mm -hmm what I'm saying and then sometimes I even just I, like the face I want them I'll smile at people and they just smile back because I'm smiling at them and stuff and that's just gone so yeah I, I found that I was using so much energy just to do one session because I had to it I, I first of all I don't know if you've noticed this too but when you when someone's wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask your hearing is worse 
like I can't, I'm asking people to repeat themselves because I think I read lips a lot. Yes. I'm naturally a mumbler, like especially behind the camera, people will say they can't hear me all the time because I'm mumbling. So I'm fine. I was finding it, um, find it hard to, harder to hear where I was think you would think it would be the opposite. Like you take away one mm-hmm. of your senses and your hearing would sharpen or something, but for some reason it's harder. And so when, I was in, when I'm connecting with people with the mask, I'm wearing the mask. My makeup artist looks like a beekeeper. She's got two masks on. She has an enormous face shield and rubber gloves and everything is like, we're like in an operating room with her stuff. Like I have sterilization boxes, uh, these light box things that you put stuff in. Okay. Butcher paper that we're spreading out and just, and just throwing away after each thing. She's using like brand new, everything is uh, clean. Like it's so crazy. She took a sterilization COVID online cleanliness test or whatever she did for her stuff. So um, it's probably a really good time right now to get your headshots taken. Everything is so clean. It's probably a good time to fly too. It's probably actually really clean. I don't know. Although I, I guess a lot of people get sick on a plane. So yeah. thing I think is the killer. Yeah. I, and I know they're still figuring out how things transfer the most. And honestly, like, um, there's different levels of risk, right? So I think we're, we need to be diligent about those higher risk areas. Right. I think, I think every, everything when it comes to contact, I mean, you know, if you think about just something that you have in your cabinet, uh, that you bought, I mean, if you didn't make it, then somebody else has touched it at some point, you know, do you work? Do you worry about that? No, and I don't think that's how it's, tra- and I don't think it's right. that way. I think it really has to be somebody spitting into the air and that going into your nose or your mouth or your eye. Yeah, so, I think they've just recently come up with that, right? I mean, they've kind of validated that. I mean, I don't, I think that, I don't think you can get it just from like walking by someone who's running and exercising. Like I had a guy, my husband and I wear, we walk our dog and we wear our masks when we, now when we just see someone, because we Mm -hmm. were like, we're in our neighborhood. We were, we come across a couple people maybe with their dogs or walking, but we're, then when we see them, we cross to the other side of the street just to be respectful and stay a distance. And then, we had, there was an, there's an older man that kind of walks around the neighborhood for exercise and he's got his mask on and we're all, we're literally probably 10 feet away from him. And as, and we've seen him a couple of times, gave him a wave and we didn't put our masks on because he's got one on and he's far away and we're not talking. We're not spraying loud. We're not talking. We're just walking mm-hmm. by. And he yelled at us like, you should be wearing a mask. And we were like, Oh my should we like now I feel (laughs) so now because of this guy like when I'm walking the dog whenever we see anyone else like coming even though they're on the other side far we just Mm -hmm. put them on as we walk by because it's like okay you're worried that my I will suddenly yell and spit and it will hit you I don't know what you're scared about you know what I mean like that yeah well I I totally agree with you and and the touch thing you know was an example of an extreme you you could literally find a reason to worry about everything. So I think we have to find what is the what is the reasonable amount of precaution while still kind of being able to live our lives. And the mask for me, like you said, I agree with you. The mask is very impersonal. It makes it very uncomfortable um, to communicate with other people. I think just because as humans, we're used to using our whole face. It's hot, and it's one thing for me to put it on for like. 25 minutes in a grocery store but when I was here the other day and I was wearing it for two hours on my face I was so it's so much Mm -hmm. claustrophobic as a person like I have claustrophobia for everything and that's my number one like life fear of everything it's always and and the feeling of someone's hand over my mouth or the how the mask feels just kind of triggers that oh yeah for hours, like two hours, I have to walk away, take it off. Like I need a minute, you know, just to kind of, 
let air on my face. I hate it. I really hate it. So I, I'm going to try the face shield, but then I can't use the shield with the camera because I have to put no. my eyes. So I'm going to try to combo those today and see what happens. Well, that's interesting. You'll have to, you'll have to share how that works for you. I'm curious how that works. Maybe while I'm meeting people, because I like to them to see my face while I talk mm -hmm. about wardrobe and all that. So maybe I'll do the shield and we can just chat and then they can get to know me a little more and then I'll put the mask on while, you know, I shoot or I don't know. Mm -hmm. And for a little while, um, you did, were you doing some outdoor, like some porch portraits or something? Yeah, I know I, a lot of photographers were doing that. Yeah, they were. It was, I was like what I called them porch trips or something. Okay. Fun, like it, it. It was fun, but then it. I was driving here in LA. People live out. You know, someone can tell you they live, and it's like takes you forty minutes to get to. Right. Take like some, and it was a lot. Of, it's a lot of work. Like it's a family session on their porch. So I, <laughs> at first I was like, I'll just charge like a nominal fee, and then I was like, that seems rude. And I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna, um, I'm just gonna do it for charity. So I didn't, I didn't really advertise it. I just, people reached out after I, I posted a few of them and like, then some people started to reach out to ask what the deal was and if I could come do it. And so I did a few more, just took like $50 for um, charity. We did for Feeding, Feeding America. And nice. that, that felt better. So I was like, okay, I'm some energy out there I'm I, I'm doing I'm actually working this is hard work but it's for this like other cause which felt much better to me than either just doing it for free and spending that much energy or charging anyone anything so it all became a donation thing and that was great so I did a few I didn't I didn't I want to say advertise but I didn't want to do didn't want to be doing it every day so I didn't mm -hmm really didn't make it like a thing where I kind of called people in to, to do it. So. Okay. So that I was curious about that. Cause I know I had, you know, you had mentioned that you were going to do, or you had done a few and then didn't really hear more. So I wondered about that. I know a lot of people were doing them and I, I did a few family sessions myself and I think there's varied opinion about whether that should be taking place right now or not. But I think anything we can do to get out and be, that was the other thing though because like I thought I'm not really that far from people like it didn't necessarily feel like like it was much different from where I'd stand for headshots I was using a longer lens but it was like I'm still in I'm eight you know I'm six feet from you or like what's the difference of this or if I'm shooting headshots in my studio like this is Am I really, yeah. So that's why I think the charity thing was like better because then I didn't feel like I was just, should just be working. Right. Right. Well, that's, I, I did think it was a great idea and you had kind of sparked, I think the idea or at least the conversation around it in one of the groups that we're both a part of. And um, I thought um, it did give maybe some people that really did need to do something, some opportunity. Um, right. I have to come clean about something though. Okay. That post I wrote, that post I wrote on that uh, group about yeah. uh, if anyone's working was because I happened to know for a fact that there was a girl advertising and working. Oh. And I, I drove, I literally drove by because it's a girl that um, I took her headshots and then she was like, I could do this. And then just okay. showing up in all my locations before I had a studio. Ah, uh, I was like, okay, you're going to copy me. Okay. So I, um, cut to a few years. That was years ago, but she's now like, she does, her, her shots are okay. She's a part of that group. And, um, and she was still going like, and I driven by a session and I saw her shooting and I was like, I can't believe that she has a lot of nerve. Like, and I look at our I look at the headshot photographers here, at least here in LA, and we are a community. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be like a community all over, mm -hmm. you know, all over the place. But especially here, like it's a lot of actors, a lot of people I've 
taken headshots off who who shoot headshots now or people that have shot me like when i was moved here i was gonna be an actor who you know who still take headshots and are and are people that i really like and um i felt like she didn't give a shit like about mm. our community and it made me feel a little pissed off and i was like i wanted to come to the attention of everybody that we're doing this that we're all in this together and yeah group is a part of that even though that group is you know a little crazy and people post crazy photos sometimes <laughs> but um I, I'm like that's not a headshot and I just don't I just can't respond even um but <laughs> that was part of it I sort of wrote that as a little bit like hey you specifically okay you know, to let her know and there was a woman that like posted her photos that that girl had taken that happened to be the session I saw and oh. I saw and I wrote, well, you shouldn't have been taking these. And she was like, well, how do you know? I didn't take them two months ago. You don't know. And I go, I know. And you shouldn't be. And if you want me to expand, I'm happy to expand. But I know that you shot these. I saw them. They should not have been taken. And it's a kid. It's like a mom and a kid. There's like multiple people standing uh, around. Like, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, there's some. Um, well, I think, I, you know, every... There are so many different perspectives right now, you know, because nobody really knows the right thing. But I, I do think that it's, I mean, my, my opinion, you know, to share it is that everyone has some responsibility and should be acting like there's some responsibility to community. Right. And you we know, all wanted to work. It's like, it's, it's like, we're all, we all want to, like, no one doesn't want to work. And that's why they're, no one's just not shooting because they don't want to like, right. And so, I mean, my, my, my button to that was just that I wanted her to realize that it's a community and I'm, and, and there are, and, and it's as sort of um, competitive as it is here, because it is quite competitive with, between the headshot photographers in LA. Like there's a lot of like sort of seeing what people are doing and kind of trying to do what they do. You know what I mean? There's a lot yeah. of, so, um, I, I'm glad that I can see that we're also a strong community and that's really important. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, and I think, um, you know, part of the reason why people are still wanting to get headshots and they're very vocal, right? That they can't wait to get back out there. So what I'm hearing from some other friends of mine is just that the, the auditions are continuing. Um, and so, uh, because, um, I had another guest on um, several episodes ago that was just talking about the fact that the content, there's, there's a lack of content right now. So there's going to be a surge of need um, as soon as, you know, everybody can start shooting again. Um, so yeah. that with the need comes the auditions. Well, there's a lot of like current projects where they're, because right now there's a lot of writer's rooms where writers are, are, are having, are still meeting and writing together. Mm -hmm. for, television and those are happening over zoom and i know that they're being hired and paid and i have a friend that's writing a show right now so there's like right that's going on so there mm -hmm. is there is the sort of anticipation that there will be work and there will be a big yeah there's going to be a big opening i i will say that i when i moved to la from seattle where i went to grad school i moved here in 2003 and um graduated and did our showcase and 2002 was the, sorry, was it 2000? Yes, in 2002 was when I graduated and it was right after 9-11 and there was, um, oh. I moved out here and it felt very similar as far as the industry goes. It felt very um, like a big thing had happened and nothing was going on. Mm kind of shut down and it was 9-11 and then it was this big writer's strike mm -hmm. and that just kind of and that writer's strike um paved the way for reality television so when the industry started back up again it was all this sort of reality non-union stuff and very little scripted and it was a big deal and a lot of job like actors got dumped by their agents because there wasn't anything yeah to be a new person out here trying to then 
get an agent and get started, it was just, it felt like a pandemic. It was just that the time was terrible. Yeah. Well, and there has been a lot of, um, the, the term that comes to mind is guerrilla content, which is probably really wrong. <laughs> I hope that, and I hope it doesn't offend, but just everybody's just putting stuff out right now. Right. And, right. um, but I that, think that was the whole beginning of like all those terrible reality shows, like the really dumb be ones in the beginning was all because of that writer strike, like trying to find ways to fill the networks with shows where they could go around the unions basically and not use right. not use writers and so right. it was reality stuff and it was a big it really changed television yeah so that's an interesting perspective and so so what is what what is your perspective on uh, this has come up a, a couple times um and i'm curious the um with all of the creative people put, that are putting out their own content, and, and we're not talking about just people who are not known, um, also, right, big star, John Krasinski is a big one that comes up all the time with some good news, right, pumping out his own content. What is the general thought out there around that? Is it? Um, I think that, I think what's gonna be big, what will change, I think this time a lot is gonna be, I think there's always an idea that if something looks sort of cheap or if it looks homemade or inexpensive, that it's not good. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, like, look at Saturday Night Live, like them all yes. this right from their houses and people are just starved for anything new. So I think that there's this sort of going to be this understanding that it doesn't have to be big and flashy and expensive to get people to like it and watch it and care about it. And it doesn't need to, you need to spend a lot of money. So my, I think there'll be a lot more creative content with what can we do from people's homes? And, and it's happening commercially, like commercials are yes. having actors shoot their own commercial for yes. their product from their house. It's like, okay, you're going to audition great, your family booked a job and we like your house. So we're going to send you a packet of how to do this thing. Yeah. We can make it for us. It's like, yeah. great, you better pay me four times. What <laughs> you want me to also be the creative director, the set dresser and the, you know, director of this thing. Like that's insane. So I, I mean, I think there's gonna be a lot of that. I, I think, TV coming back with like the intimacy that that we see it, I don't know like how they're going to do that they're going to have to just constantly be testing actors and you know mm -hmm. be prepared for like two week quarantines or whatever mm -hmm. um, but I think that it, it will change what we watch I also think right before this happened didn't it seem like there's even more network and content there's like Quibi which everyone thought was going to be a big deal that didn't yes and they yeah, people really push. Everyone's going to be on Quibi now, and it, I guess it did not. Nobody cared that much about Quibi, so it didn't do as well. So it might also get rid of some of the content in a way, just you know, like streamline. Yeah, a little bit, or get rid of like the extra one, the ones that people were trying. The the sort of extra networks that were coming up with that, that people were trying to sell shows for and stuff I think some of that if you didn't make it through this where no one had anything to do except watch tv and you couldn't get eyeballs then you're probably not going to make it in the <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point so I I love your I love your perspective on this though it's a different it's a different um you're making me think differently about some of the creative content that people have been pumping out because of the you know, I mean, there's always the sensitive issue around artists and pay, right? And especially with actors, because it unfortunately is pretty easy to get an actor uh, who's trying to get out there to work for nothing, you know? And well, that's, so that's an argument for unions too, which I think are important. Right. And I, I, I it it, just like the people that were working during this that shouldn't have been working, they were like the union scabbers to me. It's like really yeah. like, you couldn't just be with your fellow photographer and just say, we all have shut down. Like you had to be that jerk that had to work, even though your product is 
okay and you're pricing you know it's like you're not even good and ah it's just I think this is that so yeah um the the unions are more important now than ever probably with all this kind of all these changes yeah that's a really really good point I'm glad you brought that up um, and it does kind of transition well too. I know that we spoke briefly before, but I, um, so loving all the, the unique content and, and just the way artists are finding ways during this to still, um, produce art, you know, to still like scratch that itch that we just have, that we need to do something. And I know that your husband has been doing some really creative stuff for a very good cause. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah for sure. So go, oh, go ahead. So he, he was like the third day of the thing when I was like Britney Spears with the head shaving picture, you know, that, did you see the Britney Spears? Like, which one are you? Where, how far? <laughs> I did not. That's funny. <laughs> um, and she like, that's one of her looking like fabulous. And then it gets to her like shaving her head and like, just looks homeless and like, which one are you? And there was like nine of them, but he was, I was fully like meltdown and he was like, Hey, come and shoot this thing for me. I want to try it. And he just, it's like, I'm going to teach uh, guitar lessons in 60 seconds. And um, he was on the daily show. He's a, he has come, he's the funniest person I know. He's also the kindest, um, smartest too. Um, but he was like, uh, I want to try this thing. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm holding the, phone for him and he decides to teach guitar in 60 seconds but never gets to the point of teaching it like the 60 seconds would run out he or he just failed everyone was like sort of a failure of trying to teach this thing with this self-imposed time limit that doesn't even make any sense because you're filming it yourself so you could right right? it's like the whole idea is absurd and silly and funny and ridiculous and um he uh, he's known Rick Springfield, the eighties, Jesse's girl. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. And, um, uh, Rick and Rick's manager, Wayne is also someone that Vance was in. Wayne loved what uh, Vance was doing and sent it to Rick. So then Rick Springfield does this, Hey, I'm going to do teach. Uh, thanks to my friend Vance generous. Who's really funny. I'm going to teach Jesse's uh, I'm going to do old to him. I'm going to teach you how to play Jesse's girl in 60 seconds. So then he keeps, doing these um, videos where he's teaching Jesse's girl and, but, but like he burns the thing or they doesn't turn the thing on or, you know, he's finding all <laughs> ways uh-huh. to also fail at teaching that. And then Wayne said, why do you guys do something together? So they decided to write a song together in 60 seconds or something like that. So uh-huh. um, Vance wrote or the first notes of it, sent it to him and then he would add on to it. And then it, it was also their funny stuff in there too. So basically, by the time they got to the bridge, Rick was like, well, I'm going to get Richard Marks to write the bridge of this song. And I'm not good at like hearing a song in tiny like sound bites like that. It didn't sound like anything to me. Okay. I don't know what this song is. Like it's, it's so, I can't even hear it. Like it was just, I couldn't figure it out. And then Rick did like acoustic, like they got, so they got the whole song done. Then they wrote the lyrics together, same way, back and forth. And then Rick did the acoustic through the song. And I was like, oh my God, it's, it's really good. Like, it's a good song. You guys actually wrote this good song. And then Rick recorded the song. They did a video. We quickly asked our friends and I missed some. And it was devastating to me because I'm, I hate forgetting people, but there were people that we forgot to ask, which was awful. But um, we asked lots of people to be a part of the video. The song is called The Wall Will Fall. Did you see it? You watched the video, right? I did. It's awesome. I mean, I just love the whole concept. Yeah. It's amazing. And then they put this thing together, released it. And it, I, I heard it on my Sirius on the blend in the car yesterday. <laughs> that's, so it's, that's awesome. It's, and the wall will fall and it's this great song and it's about this pandemic kind of about like um caring about each other basically yes well it's got great lyrics it's really an, everyone's like it's stuck in my head all the time it's an earworm <laughs> it 
is. It's really a good song. And so he did that. And, and they just started their second season where they're going to write a ballad together. And now it's like, what if we don't write as good of a song? You know, like that whole sophomore thing. Yes. Like, second time won't be as good or whatever. So they're nervous about that. But um, yeah, that's what he did. I'm really, um, I mean, it was pretty amazing. I... I love, I loved it. I loved it for so many reasons. And, and it also too, that it's for feeding America also, right? It isn't, they're benefiting. It was like, you know, we just want people to download the song and all the proceeds will just go because we want to do something for this. Like Mm -hmm. they've had fun and now let's see like if it can raise some money. And that was Mm -hmm. the idea. We don't know yet because iTunes is so weird about how they, Mm -hmm do there so we don't even know but I think it's gotten and I don't know how much iTunes gives you of each dollar anyway when you so we don't know a lot yet about how right. much it's made but I think it's you know it's being played in the radio now so that's amazing but the point is it's just the I mean first of all the creativity is amazing I love it the fun behind it so you know as I was kind of watching the videos and them tossing it back and forth I just thought it was so fun and it also I think um, it, like you were saying before about how content doesn't necessarily have to be flashy, right? And so this was another perfect demonstration of, hey, use what you have and right. just do something. And so, um, but, but definitely put together in a fun way and um, where it was entertaining to watch the process. And then, um, but also I think to use the celebrity to um, benefit just to benefit a good cause too, at the end of all that. I mean, there's just n- nothing bad to say about that process. I think the whole thing was brilliant. So. Yeah. All, um, through, all through their series, they had different celebrities like ask questions and sort of comment and like that was the idea. And then at the end, for the video we asked, I mean, Rick knows all these eighties pop stars. So like Berlin, that girl and um, the B-52s girl yeah. and uh, all these people that, joined and agreed to do the video part of it, which was amazing. Yes, it was very cool. So yes, please share um, that. I, I just, I just was really um, in awe of the whole process. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Turned into something like I didn't see coming. I was like, it was amazing to watch it formulate and happen and how sort of sweet it was and funny and a lot of work. Yes, I'm sure it was a lot of work. Well, to your point, right? There's another thing where they had to be, I'm assuming, the producer, you know, they put a lot of effort into that. Um, and you you were the camera person, right? I think Rick just has his sitting on his, like, keyboard or whatever. Like on his keyboard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because my phone, Vance has an older iPhone, so he's convinced that it looks better on my phone than it does on his. So we have to use um, my phone to read it. Um, so it, yeah, it, it just was really, it was fun to watch him do that and create it. He's very creative. So sometimes I'm a little jealous. I'm like, damn it. Talk oh, you're, you're very creative yourself there. So um, he and I have like really different, our creativity is really different. Like I couldn't, I'm not musical in any way of any instrument. I can't write music. I can't like, none of that makes sense to me. He's very spatial too, which is interesting, but he's not, but light and color and stuff would be me. So yeah, no, it's, it's, that's very cool. And I think that, um, I just hope we see more of that. And like you said, if they're doing season two, that that's fabulous. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that, um, you know, that try to spin off of the idea too, but you know, Creativity is so needed right now. Um, anybody who says that the arts aren't important, I mean, I, I don't have to say it. I'm, I mean, I'm not the first to say it, obviously, that um, look what everyone's turning to right now is right. art and creative outlets and um, entertainment and things like that. So um, I've been, I've, I'm a big, I'm a theater lover, like a musical theater lover, especially so yes. I can shoot kind of celebrity actors, but when I meet a musical theater actor, I, that's when I lose my, <laughs> I, that's when I'm like, I get nervous and I'm so excited and I try not to gush on them because I 
that's just something that I respect and love so much. And I've seen everything. So I usually know something that person's done or I've seen it or I go see all the shows here. So having a right before it, the shutdown, I was meant to shoot the, the Book of Mormon was in town and I, okay. shot, I shot one of the guys for that. And then the, the, the main, the elder, uh, elder Cunningham, the, the Josh Gad role in the Broadway one, the guy mm-hmm. that was playing that here, he was meant to shoot with me. And he's a Broadway guy and I was so excited. And it, they, they literally flew them all back to New York basically right away to get them out of here because they didn't yeah. know, because they knew it was going to be, the, the whole tour was shut. They took everyone. So we didn't get to shoot. And I was like, I oh, know, I really, like, that's what I love so much. So I went on, my first week, I went on a deep dive and just, I was watching a lot of theater and musicals online. I found all these bootlegs of shows that I hadn't seen. <laughs> And they were only there. I'm like, glad I did it in the beginning because I think I went back to sort of finish one and it was taken down, which happens because, you know, right. good about watching a bootleg. However, I am the girl that will go and buy full price tickets three times when it, you know what I mean? So I, as much as I'm like, don't, don't worry, you're not losing a, a theater goer when I watch it online. Um, right. I say the same thing. That's funny because we make a lot of trips to New York. We have. For Broadway shows. And um, yeah, so sad that that Broadway is going to be dark now for. But I've, who wants to sit next to someone coughing? Like, always people coughing in theater. I've gone to the theater sick. I know I got people sick in the theater once. So I don't trust anybody because I did that to other people, I'm sure, you know. So I'm, uh, when you have tickets. Yeah that much for and you're starting to maybe come down with something you're going to go to the theater so yeah. I think that um I don't know when I'm going to feel comfortable like how far spread apart the people have to be and then you lose that intimacy of there's something when you're sitting in an audience and you're next to people they did like a study where everyone breathes at the same time yes yes it's a common energy amongst everyone yeah, yes that's the only place. It's the only time. And it's so good. And I, so I watched, um, there's broadwayhd.com. I watched a mm-hmm. bunch of musicals on there in the last, and I, Andrew Lloyd Webber was releasing all his musicals on watching those. So I've just, I have been doing that. Like I kind mm-hmm. of dove in and was craving that theater experience of putting my headphones on and pretending I was sitting there and just absorbed. That's yeah, that's great. I know it's been a sore spot here. Well, so many, my two daughters included, um, so many people that we know were in the midst of, and actually the the end of um, rehearsals for different shows that all had to close. Um, if I high, when I was in high school, that's all I did was theater. If I had been in like about to open in like a mm-hmm. show excited and got a pardon in high school and that got shut down I'd have been devastated so, so I feel for those kids so yeah much. my my twin daughters um I have fraternal twin daughters they're juniors and they were set uh that weekend the weekend that it shut down to um debut as Maria and Anita in West Side Story wow. so it would have been really cool to see it <laughs> There's some kids here that I think they ended up doing, or they're performing it on, they're doing like streaming. They're doing the show still, mm-hmm. and they're going to stream it so anyone can watch. So it's like... Uh, yeah. Um, I know a lot, of, a lot of places have been doing that. It's difficult to get licensing to do that. That's the trouble, depending on the show. Any of you even thought about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, because I know they would have done that in a second. But um, you can't get licensing for West Side Story to do a recording. Yeah, not to record it, but just to do it once and have or, everybody. In yeah, um, they've tried, but they're still we're still holding out hope that maybe they'll figure out some way. But um, you know, because it also then it became a problem. It's a pretty large cast, and you know, even having the cast together and all of that, they um, they they were recording different parts of it, but I don't know what they did with it that's a dance show. So it's like, you can't yeah. stand have everyone in their own homes. Like, you right. Know, right. 
So, but yeah, I never thought of the licensing that would be a huge issue. So, I mm-hmm. yeah, there've been a few places that now have written things specifically to go online and they're giving licensing for that. And there's been some limited licensing from, uh, from some, um, uh, playwrights, but just, it's not, you know, those bigger ones are harder, obviously, uh, to work with. So, um, well, uh, we've been talking for quite a while. I think I probably should let you get back to your day. I know you have so much that's going on and I have really appreciated you taking the time to chat with me, Joanna. I've enjoyed it so much. And I wasn't super boring. I'm always afraid of that. No, not at all. No, I think, you know what, the theme is that everyone has a story, but everybody does. Everybody has their own perspective and their own, forgive the pun, but lens that we see through. And, um, and I always think it's interesting to hear from someone else and to kind of um, live in your shoes for a minute and see what things have been like for you during this time. So thank you again for being willing to come on and share with everyone. I do really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Thanks for thinking of me and inviting me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Is there any, any last thoughts or anything you want to share before we go? Um, No, I think, um, I think the biggest thing I learned was that I cared more about my, the people I connect with more than anything during this time. And I definitely reached out a lot to like, older friends that I had always thought about but just hadn't sort of and I did that even my high school we did like a high school zoom reunion and I just think it's like it just takes sort of big things like this to realize what's important and you can say that a lot but it doesn't really register until you're kind of going through it so I would say the biggest thing I kind of learned was how much I wanted connection with people that I knew from a long time ago Awesome. Yeah. It's, um, that's a positive we can take away from this, right? It's just remembering what's important and reprioritizing a little bit. So hopefully that will stick. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Stay safe and healthy. Um, look forward to seeing more of your work as always when we can really get out there and get things going. But, um, thanks again, Joanna. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. Okay. Take care.